Welcome to Moneyline, I'm Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here on Friday as we wrap up the week. What a wild week. Stocks got hit early in the week, bounce back. I mean, major bounce back in some of the tech stocks. Today, kind of muted. We're pulling back a little bit here midday. We're gonna take a look at the market, where I think it's going from here. Importantly, we're gonna dive into the electric vehicle stocks. Some have gotten smoked. We're gonna talk about Tesla, going to several trillion dollars, and much, much more, all coming up now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021. And, you know, we've had a crazy week here in the market. I have the S&P up right now. This is the Spiders, which tracks the, the S&P. It's an ETF. And what's fascinating about all this is the S&P closed, and even intraday yesterday, hit the highest levels ever. Believe it or not, you wouldn't really know that if you turn on CNBC or even look at your portfolio, because a lot of the tech stocks have gotten a hit. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But again, overall, the S&P 500 doing very well. Right now, what time is it? It's about 10 to noon on East Coast time Friday. We're down about a quarter percent, uh, about 10 points on the S&P right now. Again, not much of a move considering it closed at an all-time high uh, on Thursday. So overall, things still look good. But let's take a look at the NASDAQ 100. We'll look at the Qs, the triple Qs, which tracks the NASDAQ 100. And just for those of you, you out there wondering what is the NASDAQ composite versus the NASDAQ 100, NASDAQ composites thousands of stocks. The NASDAQ 100 is the largest, 100 largest stocks in the NASDAQ composite X financials, so there's no financials in here. So it's really tech-driven. Just think Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, all the big names you think of. So it has obviously pulled back quite a bit, a little bit of a different chart than the S&P 500. But I talked about earlier this week how this white line, that uptrend line, we bounced right off at intraday, and then the next day we kind of bounced off as well, and then we started our way up and had a big rally for a couple of days. Today, we're down about one and a quarter percent, so a little bit worse uh, that we're seeing with the S&P 500. All that being said, we're still in this uptrend zone. Uh, we've come down, we hit that correction territory, which is over 10% down, and have since bounced from there. Remember what I talked about last Tuesday, where the fastest corrections uh, going back uh, many, many years in the NASDAQ are typically followed by very big rallies in the next six to 12 months. So big that the median gain after a very fast correction, which we saw here in 15 days, the median gain 12 months later, 33%, 32.9% to be exact. That is a hell of a move, folks. 33% from where we are from down there. That's a big move. And you think about some individual stocks, that you're looking at 60, 70, if not doubles in some individual stocks. And I think that is completely possible. So bigger picture stuff before we talk about some specific stocks, um, I'm gonna focus on the EV um, sector today, electric vehicles. We're gonna talk through Tesla, NEO, Lee Auto, Xpeng, Geely, uh, BBD, BDY, uh, Baidu, Volkswagen, Aptiv, GM, Ford. I'm going to mention all of them. We're going to run through the gamut and you're going to figure out which ones I probably like from there, but also uh, just get a feel from where we are in, in the EVs because a lot of them got hit in the last couple of weeks, which I think creates great long-term buying opportunities. Before we get into that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about just the overall economy and market where we're at. 
People keep saying, well, we have this bubble. You know, why could we move higher? It's about money. And it's obviously always about money, but it's about money on the sidelines right now. Checking accounts are at all-time highs, more than double where they were 14 months ago. Savings accounts at all-time highs. Net worth of individuals and non-charitable, uh, non-charities, uh, sorry, charities, um, all-time highs. And what just happened? $1.9 trillion coming into the market. Some people sitting at home will be getting a $1,400 check very soon. Folks, this money goes back into the economy. Should we be saving? Yes. And are we saving? Yes, because uh, as you can see, the savings level and the um, checking accounts are going up, but a lot of it's going to go back in the economy. We have this pent up demand to get out and travel and do things. That is going to lead to tons of money. I mean, I've told the story a couple of times. I may have already told it here, but I'm going to tell it again. Just think about this. Think about if I want to go see my family, which I haven't seen in probably since two Christmases ago. So what, about 15 months? It's only about a two, two and a half hour drive from here. But to do that, I need to jump in the car, fill it up with gas. Uh, before I go, I'm probably going to want to get a, maybe a nice new shirt or shoes or something. Maybe I'll get trimmed up haircut, putting money in the economy. Then from there, I jump in the car. Uh, I, I put some miles on the car, uh, obviously fill up with gasoline. Um, and then stop maybe for food. You get there, and we're probably gonna throw a big ass bash, all my siblings and niece and nephews and, and parents. And that means the booze is gonna be flowing. Uh, that means we're gonna have a ton of food, probably supporting a local pizzeria, uh, De Mayo's, uh, and, and get, ordering tons of food from there. And uh, that's money going back into the local economy. Probably get some gifts for your niece and nephews. And then we head back. Uh, maybe if there's a hotel or so involved, uh, head back. Again, more gas, probably stopping for food on the way home. Get home. That's a lot of money if you add it all up. And there's so many families that are doing that, that they used to do that all the time. You go see a family and drive it two hours. But they haven't because of COVID for so long. They've been so locked in. This is going to have a huge influx of money. People getting to Disney World, uh, getting just to Florida to get in, into some warm weather. It's, I'm telling you, you're, you're seeing this. Air travel is still 55% below where it was pre-pandemic. That is gonna change quickly, all right? So uh, I'm telling you, this all leads to this right here on top of the innovation and the convergence of all this AIT, Internet of Things, 5G, battery storage, electric vehicles, solar power, boom. I'm telling you, it's tough to stay out of the market right now. It, it really is. So let's talk real quick. One more thing before we get into electric vehicles. And of course, I want to talk about this because we're trading very near all time highs again. We've had a spike in the last couple of hours. Uh, this is Bitcoin. Bitcoin's at 57,400 right now, just below the all time high. I think we hit 60,000 this weekend. You may call me crazy. I may have said that two weekends ago, but I do think we hit 60,000 this weekend. Uh, I keep buying on dips. I, I, I love some of these uh, smaller altcoins, as you know. Uh, I, I mean, I just think there's so much potential. And I spoke with somebody, I spoke with people all the time about this, and a lot of people say, well, it's just a currency. It's not just a currency. The blockchain is the future of all things, cutting out all middlemen. Watch the podcast that we put out yesterday, uh, Marguerite de Carcel. Uh, she's a, a big NFT person, uh, which is non-fungible tokens. It's the hottest thing right now in cryptos. But 
you'll see just how this will explode into gaming, into everything we do will be built on the blockchain. Just like 30 years ago, everything we did from papers like this, which I still love papers, were put into a computer because of software. It's now moving to the blockchain. These altcoins are basically the software of the next two decades. Amazing things going on. Are they all going to go up? No, but that's why we have our research. That's why we have Q, who's my number one analyst who works on this stuff with me. He's come up with the grading system for Ultimate Crypto. So uh, to me, I, I love these altcoins and I continue to buy on pullbacks. I just think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's truly the future, folks. Um, and let's take a look because it is the one year anniversary since the World Health Organization and one of those organizations came out and called coronavirus a pandemic. So I got a slide here for you I want to show you. Let's go back though. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to uh, where we were um, the, that previous high. The high in February of 2020 before this all took place. So about 13 months ago, give or take. In that time frame, folks, we have the S&P 500, let's call it 17%. The S&P 500, 70% higher from the previous high in February before the sell-off started. And you know, March 11th and March 12th of last year, I think we were down like 6% one day, 8% the next day. That was like the real gut punch that we had that I talked about. And we ended up bottoming about 10 days later, uh, March 23rd, I believe. So the S&P, though, since February, the high before that, 17% it's up. We have crude oil, believe it or not, up about the same thing, 17% since then. We have, what's this little laggard? Gold up 4.7%. 4.7%. Take that gold bugs and Bitcoin up nearly 500%. So when we talk about crazy times, this 13 month span could have been crazier. I mean, this, this, this was written for gold to outperform. We have inflation going up recently, interest rates going up recently, the US dollar going down. It is a perfect story for gold. And what has the yellow metal done? Nada, not a thing. Well, Bitcoin's done that. It's only a hundred times more, only a hundred more times your money. That's nothing in 13 months, right? Unbelievable. And then, this is a very important story, and this is why I brought it up. This is very important because the headlines today, why tech stocks are down, is because a 10-year yield on the 10-year treasury is back above 1.6%. So again, I went back to this time frame of the S&P 500 when it was at its previous high in February of last year. Do you realize the 10-year at that time was around 1.6%? Yeah, it fell way down here about 0.55, 55 basis points, and it's come up really fast in the last couple of months. But we're back to the same exact level. Were people freaking out last February, before we ever heard of coronavirus, about the treasury yield on a 10-year being 1.6%? I'll answer it for you. It's no. But now the media's got nothing to talk about. I was going to curse there, but I didn't. And I'll tell you, because I had a nice email from a gentleman who said, I like to listen to this and watch this with my son, but you curse too much. I'm sorry, Irish Catholic family from Pennsylvania. That's just what we do. But I will try to be better. So 
Why are we so concerned? We were right there. The market was humming. The economy was humming. Unemployment at an all-time low. GDP growing 2 to 3%, which is just what we want. And now we're here again at the same type of level, but now it's the end of the world. Take the talking heads. Take the people last night. I mean, I, I didn't mean to turn on CNBC last night. It was between the 6 and 7 hour. I was sitting on my couch uh, doing work, answering emails. I was sending an email because we bought another stock for some clients at Penn Financial Group. So I was sending out an email letting them know what we bought and why we bought it. And uh, I'm flipping around. I was in between basketball games. And I landed on uh, CNBC. I was like, oh, they have a special. And it was like some, you know, of course, crazy headline. And it was Scott Wapner, who could be one of the worst uh, commentators out there. He doesn't know, knows nothing about the stock market, but he'll tell you he, everything you want to know. Never had a skin in the game, never even did anything in the stock market. But calling out, I mean, it was disgusting. I watched it for about two minutes and I had to turn it off, I turned the TV off. But again, those are the types of guys that are going to tell you that, oh my God, the 10 year. Yes, it is much higher than here, but look where it was. I want them to explain this to me. You know, I've been on TV probably close to 2,000 times on Fox. I was on CBC way back in the day, Bloomberg. I've been on everything. But they won't put me on now because I'm going to call their asses out and say, tell me, explain this to me. And they can't. Because it's just for headlines. It's for eyes. It's for advertising. So please keep that in mind, folks. All right, let's go back to the charts. Now it's time to look at electric vehicles. This is what today's all about. And I don't know how I landed on it, but I saw... A story out about Tesla, which uh, I have printed out right here. So New Street Research, which I've never heard of. Uh, and so, But anyway, they came out and they put a uh, target on Tesla. Let's pull up Tesla here for you of $900, which isn't that high. It was just at $900, which doesn't make much sense. But uh, they came out, though, and said by 2030, it could be between a 2.3 and $3.3 trillion company. I've already said that, folks. I believe I called it a $4 trillion company, as a matter of fact, by 2030. So I'm way ahead of them. So I don't understand why this is so um, uh, intriguing. You know, we, we, we are way ahead of them coming to this. But so Tesla's, of course, the leader right now and much bigger, about $690 million or sorry, $690 billion uh, market cap. But it's had a hell of a, of a rough run as of late. And it came down with all growth stocks. It pulled back from 900 to 540. So it lost a ton. It lost about 35% of its value and then come back. I tell you, if it builds a base around 6, 650, I love it here. I think it's fantastic. We have it in one of our newsletters. Uh, I think it's a great long-term buy. But could it come to 500 before it goes to 900? Yeah, I don't know in the near term, but I do know that I still love Tesla long-term. I still think it's worth several trillion dollars uh, in the next nine years. I think, I think there's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of time. But... There's going to be a lot of ups and downs along the way, just so you know. All right, so let's talk about some others out there because I think it's important to kind of go through here a list. And uh, I got a little list here for us to go through. So let's talk about NEO. That's a, a very popular one, as you know. It's a Chinese um, EV. And a lot of people call it the, um, the Tesla of China. It's about a $72 billion market cap. Let's take a look at a chart here of NEO. I mean, is this, let me go back here real quick. There's Tesla, there's Neo. It's almost the exact same chart. I mean, it hit its high uh, in January, pulled back way down to 32. Now it's back up to 45 already, <clears throat> excuse me. We own this for clients at a much lower price. I love it. It's a long-term hold for us. 
Uh, I think this is a $100 stock at some point. I think it's worth several hundred billion dollars from 72 right now. Uh, so I think there's huge upside. If I look at the growth potential on this, uh, revenue growth potential is about 31% annual gro revenue growth um, going up uh, from uh, last year around 16 and a quarter billion uh, yuan to 118 billion in 2025. I mean, that's insane growth. That, that's very easy to do the math there. Uh, earnings per share to start making a profit. Uh, likely later this year, next year, we'll start turning a profit, which is exactly what you need, a path to profitability. Uh, so this is one of my favorites. I think this looks great. So we'll stick with China. We'll go through the Chinese ones real quick. This is Li Auto, symbol LI. I've owned this one. I sold it. I'm not in it right now. I have no exposure to it. Again, pretty similar chart. So for this one, topped out back in November, tried to rally up in January. Um, when it comes to Lee Auto, you know, I, I kind of played it as a little bit of a shorter term uh, play. And um, you know, I never buy stocks that I have in the newsletter uh, or that I have for um, clients of Penn Financial Group, my money management firm. So Neo's over there, so I can't buy that. So I had to buy something that was not uh, already bought. It's about a $21 billion company. Again, you look at growth, uh, annualized revenue growth in the next couple of years, about 34%, so even a little bit higher than NEO. And you're looking at earnings growth on a bottom line, uh, just under 100%. Um, I mean, you're taking uh, revenue of last year, about 9.5 billion won, up to 78 billion and change in 2025. So it's again, in five years. You can just see the growth potential. See right here, resistance, resistance, the support. We're kind of in that area. So I think, you know, it holds at 20, 21, 22 levels. So anywhere near there, I think we can get a rally back to 37. So that is one, again, huge growth. I, I like Lee Auto as well. Um, the other one is uh, XPEV. X Let's take a look here for you. And uh, again, very similar chart to Lee Auto, if anything, uh, on this one. And uh, we're topped out earlier in, in a year and, uh, Sorry, trying to get this typed in here. Topped out earlier in the year. I gotta tell you, sometimes I can't see for crap. And I will be happy. Um, you will be happy. I did a half calf today. Uh, so half caffeine. I'm trying to get off caffeine, but I love my coffee. So uh, XPeng is about $26.7 billion company. Uh, similar growth patterns is what we're seeing here though. Uh, revenue about 35.5% annual uh, growth. Uh, bottom line earnings about 60.5%. Uh, in 2020, uh, the company reported about 5.8 billion yuan. By 2025, we're looking at 76 and change, uh, 76 billion and change. Uh, looking to turn a profit, 2023. Again, I mean, I, I think these are probably the lows. The lows are in. Uh, you can see there's a, there's a level here that kind of filled in or in the low 20s. I don't know where it goes from here. It could go up and down for a while, but I still think these are stocks that are much, much higher years from now. I'm talking years, all right? So I'm not saying just right now. Uh, let's take a look at uh, Geely Auto here. And uh, Geely Auto is another one, but it's not talked about too often. That's because it trades as an ADR here, which means American Depository Receipt. So it doesn't trade on the NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange like Lee Auto and, and uh, NEO do. But again, I mean, look at this chart. This was down around 28 bucks up to 88 came all the way back down. I remember recommending this in an old, old newsletter uh, way back in the day, uh, back down there in single digits, and it didn't move much. And I don't remember if we made money or lost money, but holy smokes, I wish I would've held on. Uh, would've been a 10 bag or easy, if not more. But again, pull back, very similar to Tesla. It's got a bunch of garbage around here, which is support area. Uh, Geely's very interesting. It's, it's one, again, 
I feel like it's overlooked because it's a little bit harder to buy uh, for the average American. Uh, but you look at it and uh, I mean, it's a big company. Uh, take a look at the growth. Top line, it's not as big. Top line growth is about 13% annually. Bottom line, 28%. Uh, but it's already making a profit. So it's a little bit more mature. So it's already making a profit. But it's one that's pulled back so much that I think it is one uh, that you do uh, have to keep an eye on. And then we have, uh, here we go, BYD. Man, I made this stuff so small, I can barely even see it myself. Here's BYD, again, very similar chart, up to 72, back down to 46. This one, believe it or not, Warren Buffett actually has some exposure to, uh, and he's had some exposure to it for a long time, way back here. Again, another one that I, I used to watch back, way back in the day, I mean, it was back in maybe way back there, early, low single digits, two, three buck kind of range. Again, I wish I would have held on, my God. But uh, you can see the huge rally up and how it's come back down. Uh, BYD, uh, I call it Boyd for some reason, but um, if you take a look at BYD, it is about twice the size of, uh, of Geely. Uh, and you look at the earning or the growth estimates, uh, top line about 17%, bottom line about 24 and a half. Again, already profitable, which is what I like to see. And if we look at uh, the peg ratio is about 5.8, so it's a little high, believe it or not. But again, huge growth story. BYD is a big, well-known brand in China. If it holds this 44 level, again, I think it looks great. And these trade, you can buy the same brokerage firm. They just trade over the counter uh, as ADRs, American Depository Receipts. So that's kind of what we got over there. So let's come back home uh, here for a minute, and let's take a look at uh, some of the old school ones, like GM. And what do you see here that's different on this one versus the last few I've showed you? This is actually breaking out. This is what they call a W pattern, folks. You can see the W when it breaks out above that top level, uh, which it's doing today is actually very, very bullish. Uh, so I like what I'm seeing right now in GM. So let's pull up and take a look at the fundamentals because I gotta tell you, I probably haven't looked at them in a while. It's about an $82 billion company right now much less than it than it was back in the day. Trades at a PE ratio of around 12.9, uh, price to book 1.8, pay 1.6. The issue that I have with it is, it's projected revenue growth 6.7%. It's projected earnings growth is 8.1%. So they have good, cheap, if you will, fundamentals, um, price to earnings ratio, traditional fundamentals. However, you don't have the growth with it. So where is the upside with GM? I mean, this chart looks great, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not arguing with anybody say it's good. I mean, going back to, keep in mind, if you own GM here, <laughs> you ain't got diddly squat anymore. It went bankrupt, remember that, okay? It came out of bankruptcy 2010 and started trading again. So this is the new GM, this isn't the old GM. But I mean, it's had a hell of a run here lately. If I took the name away and you showed me a chart, I'm loving this chart. This is basically an ascending triangle, W formation, volume looks good. I mean, this looks great from a technical perspective. I just don't know if I want to own G GM long-term because I don't see huge growth potential. That being said, maybe they're reinventing the company. So it is one I'm keeping an eye on, believe it or not. I never thought I'd say that loud. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to buy it, but it's one I will keep an eye on. So let's go over the Ford. Ford's worth about $51 billion. I mean, not the same pattern, but there's one thing that's got in common. It's up over 4% today to a new new high here, breaking out. And uh, take a look at Ford and look at their growth. Top line growth, 6.8%. Bottom line growth, though, is gonna, should explode about 63% annually, up to a buck 73, nearly $2 
2023. That makes the stock really damn cheap. I got to tell you, folks. Here's a longer term chart. I mean, this was got crushed back in March. Let me go out even a little further. You know, this is where you look at, okay, well, I've owned Ford since 1999 at 38 bucks. Yeah, you're still down 30%. Um, so is this just a, one of these bounces that we see along the way? Or is this something new because they've actually changed their business model to become an EV company? I don't quite know. I do know it sounds pretty damn cheap right here. And I'm loving the chart action. So again, I mean, it's going on my watch list, but I'm to dive a little bit deeper into it until I get really uh, exciting about it. So now let's take a look at uh, what is the largest company outside to auto manufacturer uh, outside of um, uh, Tesla, that is, Toyota Motor, that $209 billion company. Uh, let's take a look at, at the chart here. And this stock, this is in uh, one of our newsletters. We're up on this one. We've had it for a while. Uh, pretty similar to the Tesla chart where you broke out to a high and it's pulled back. I think it looks actually pretty damn great right there. Uh, longer term, it's got a really ton of support on that 144. Man, I, I like it bouncing off that. And there's, again, let me see if I can get this to work because this is actually a really great example. If I can get this, my thumb to actually recognize this thing. Um, no. All right, well, anyway. So I made it so small that I can't even get it. So this level here, just imagine it, like 138 to 144. This is going back to 06, folks. What a resistance level. And right here is a, is a long-term. This is a long-term ascending triangle. See if you can picture that triangle. Breaking out, consolidating. Whew, I love Toyota here. Love it. So let's look at their growth. Probably not that exciting. Yeah, Top line, 5.4%, bottom line, 9.7%. So it kind of flies in the face of a lot I've been saying. However, I like the fact that they are the leader, in my opinion, in solid-state batteries. You all know I love solid-state batteries. Uh, we've been in solid-state batteries way before anybody knew what a solid-state battery was, way before QuantumScape. Uh, and we have a small stock in there that's up, I think, over 1,000% still. I mean, we... And, and Toyota... It will be rolling out its solid-state vehicle during the Olympics later this year. They were supposed to do it last year, but of course, it got pushed back. So I can't wait to see that. I mean, who knows? Something can happen. They don't roll it out. But as of now, they're rolling it out. To me, solid-state is the future. It's going to be lithium for the next 10 years. Don't get me wrong. Solid-state is going to take a while to work its way up. But at some point, the market share of lithium will start to fall as solid-state goes up. It is years away, but they're a leader in the technology, and I like that uh, out of it. So... I, I like what they're doing here. I think that looks really good. Uh, so we're going to go back to China for a minute, because but this isn't like a direct play. Um, but we're going to take a look at Baidu. And the reason for this is it is the autonomous vehicle leader in China. So I'm kind of going EV here, AV, because obviously AVs are electric vehicles as well. Um, and Baidu is a stock I was pounding the table on all through here because it was getting beat up. Look at a longer term chart. It was getting beat up. It wasn't joining in any of the rally. Wasn't joining in any of the reindeer games, as they say. It wasn't doing well, but I kept saying bye, 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 because I loved it long term. And man, I hope people listen because it finally took off. This is in one of our newsletters. Rallied up, but why is it rallying? On the future, the fact that it's such a major player in the future of transportation. People are finally starting to realize it. Sometimes you're early, folks. I was way too early with this. We had to be patient, but I tell you, 
people who are listening to me are up over 100% now. So this pullback here, consolidation, I love it long-term. I think Baidu is a great play on autonomous vehicles in China. And now we're gonna take a look at, oops, the wrong keyboard here, a Volkswagen. Uh, let's see, which one is it? Here we go. Uh, here's Volkswagen. Wow, look at that takeoff, that chart. And this is obviously one of the leaders uh, in, in electric vehicles. And, and they, you know, they put out press releases, I feel like, almost every day about how they're gonna have so many electric vehicles on the road. Uh, this is really, really held up well. And let me zoom out a bit. Uh, disregard this back there. I think that was the whole issue that they had back in the day. But let's just go from here on. It's really starting to look good. Uh, and I think Volkswagen will be one of the leaders, if not top three leader when it comes to electric vehicles 10 years from now. So that's one that you probably wanna keep an eye on too. But as far as uh, its growth and where it's at, it's a little over a hundred billion dollar company. And you look at growth and, oh, that's the wrong number. Uh, top line, 6%, bottom line, 16 and a half. So a little bit better there. And uh, yeah, it's not bad if you, if you take a look at where it is uh, earnings wise, it's actually pretty damn cheap. Just you're not seeing uh, the big upside. I mean, the peg ratio is below one, PE ratio is 10.9. It's got a price to book 0.8. I mean, it's cheap folks. Uh, even based on the little growth it has, it's still cheap because the bottom line is growing enough to make it cheap. Uh, I'd love to see a pullback and fill the gap at 24. It's run quite a bit. But again, I, I think Volkswagen uh, will definitely be a winner throughout the EV uh, bonanza we're going to see in the next couple of years. Here's one that's an interesting play. It's really, to me, the only pure play autonomous vehicle, electric vehicle, auto parts company. It's about a $41 billion company. This has been in our portfolio for quite some time. But again, I look at future growth, 10.5% top line, bottom line, it's basically showing not much growth at all in earnings. Uh, Active though, if you've ever been to Vegas in the last couple of years at CES, or just seen, uh, they, have a, they have a contract with Lyft. And with Lyft, they, uh, it's, an, it's a self-driving car. So as a matter of fact, they will actually uh, pick you up and they'll have still have a guy sitting in the driver's seat, but he's not driving. So Lyft picks you up and takes you wherever you're going on Las Vegas trip. I tried to get one when I was out there last year. I couldn't get one. I guess it's certain destinations, but um, this stock has done really well. That's right near an all-time high. If I zoom out and we can see here, uh, it didn't do much for a couple of years. It finally broke out. But this is one of the only pure play ways to play autonomous vehicles going forward from a parts maker. Uh, and I love the stock. I think there's, again, it's in a newsletter. I think this is one of my favorite stocks out there. Uh, let's see if there's any others. I don't have these written down. But because I own a Porsche, I want to see how Porsche is doing. I mean, look at this. Man, oh man, look at that chart. Looks fantastic. Coming up against a resistance level from back in 17. Uh, zoom in a little bit more. I mean, it's all over the place. But boy, every time it gets down to four and a half, if it ever gets down there again, you want to buy. Uh, Porsche, I think, is a nice play. A lot of these European stocks, uh, especially what we call value, which would be the... the um, Automakers be considered value uh, are cheap right now. I think if you're looking for some plays outside of the traditional United States, uh, emerging markets are extremely cheap to me. Uh, so, uh, so are uh, the value stocks in, in Europe. And Porsche would fall into that level. Volkswagen would fall into that level. Uh, their growth, again, top line growth, 5%, but bottom line over 20%. Uh, so you're seeing some nice numbers here. It's P ratio is 13, peg 0.7, price of book 0.7. So this is cheap as well. This is, this is another cheap one. Uh, let's see one more here. I think this, this one trades in the US. Uh, Stellantis, S-T-L-A. 
Again, very similar to, uh, to the Tesla chart, but um, let's see how their fundamentals look. This is one that I had in my buy list. I almost bought down here, and I thought, what the hell am I doing trying to buy a, a uh, Italian car company? Uh, and I didn't, and, and I wish I would have. You know, they have uh, Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Dodge, Fiat, Jeep, Maserati, uh, Citron, you know them from over in Europe if you've ever been there, Peugeot, uh, tons of brands. About a $50 billion company. And uh, what's interesting about this company is the top line grows about 20%, bottom line 26. We just talked about all these bigger firms, how they're not growing much. PE ratio of six, peg ratio of 0.2, price to book of 0.6. This has a decent enough growth for me. It has a valuation for me. It's got a chart that I should have bought three weeks ago for clients, which I almost did. And uh, let's take a look at a little bit longer term chart. It's got ways to go. This could be in the mid 20s, the next. 18 to 24 months, and it's in the mid-20s, it could be up 50% from here. And it's not a bad way to diversify a portfolio if you're all in tech. So there's your list. I mean, I mean, I, I went through quite a lot. I went everything from Tesla to Neo to Li Auto to Xpeng to Geely uh, to BDY, uh, Toyota, GM, Ford, Baidu, Volkswagen, Aptiv, Porsche, and Stellantis. So there's a list to start with. And uh, you know, I won't tell you which ones I'm necessarily buying for clients and subscribers, but there's a couple in here I'm gonna be buying because uh, I just think you wanna to add to the future of transportation. And I like the chip makers uh, as well. I think that's great. The sensor makers, um, the, the uh, uh, engine makers. We recently, for clients at Penn Financial, bought one of the largest motor companies in the world that's shifting their focus to electric vehicle motors. That's huge, just think about that. Um, it's, just, it's just an amazing time uh, for the future of transportation. It's like the biggest thing in my mind since went from the horse and buggy to gas powered. We're now going from gas powered to electric. I mean, th th this stuff, this is a century ago, that, that basically. So once in a century opportunity, here it is, folks. And a lot of them have moved in the last couple of years. We've made good money, but there's still huge upside in the future of transportation. Again, think outside the box. I showed you the makers today, the manufacturers. Again, chips, sensors. Uh, all the auto parts. It's going to be a computer on four wheels. Think about that. So much opportunity. So if you're interested in the link down below, you can check out investment opportunities. We have a future transportation portfolio in there with a number of stocks. Some I talked about, some I did not, obviously. And uh, you can sign up for one year for $49 and get access to all of our other portfolios as well. Next month, we're coming up with a space portfolio for the first time. So you have first access to that when that comes out next month. Um, April 1st will be coming out, as a matter of fact. My analysts are working on it right now. So yeah, thank you so much. Let's take a look one more time at the queues and see where we're at. Uh, we're, wow, we're near the high of the day right now, down 1.1%. Uh, the S&P 500, I bet it's probably even up. Up, oh, it's down 0.1%. So market's looking pretty good, holding on here. Uh, we're not going up every day, but I will say keep buying pullbacks. For my new clients at Penn Financial Group, I've been buying pullbacks all week. We've gotten like six, seven new positions. And I am so happy about some of them. I, it's, I love the fact that we're buying in right now for the long term on what I consider weakness, things go on sale. So thanks for watching. Stay, thanks for sticking with me through the shows this week. We had three this week. And I know I've been saying this, but very soon we're gonna start doing a quick daily update, five to eight minutes, give you an update of what's going on in the market. Uh, all that coming soon. But enjoy it. If you have nice weather like we have here, get outside, enjoy the weather, get some fresh air. Take that damn mask off and breathe in this beautiful air that we have on this earth. And uh, again, but be safe. Be smart, go tell somebody you love them, give them a hug. Spread the love, baby, and enjoy this. We're having fun and we're making money. But thank you so much again. I'm Matt McCall, and this has been your Money Line.
Moneyline with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.